Thanks for listening to the Journey Podcast. We're glad you're here. Journey exists to engage people in the process of knowing Jesus Christ. We pray that this podcast engages you and encourages you to become more like him. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Everybody doing well? Good to see you guys. Amazing time of worship. Uh, we're in a series called um, Our Father, which we're talking about today a little bit more, but it's about prayer, and it corresponds with our 930. Um, but I woke up just like you guys woke up to all kinds of different things, probably in your social media f- feeds, but the one common thread was never forget 930, uh, and I mean a 911. It was, you know, it was on everything, every Instagram, and I was just thinking about just that day and how it changed our lives. Because just about everybody, if you're of that age bracket, you remember where you were. You remember the exact place. I was at Stevens Creek um, Community Church. I was sitting in my office. Senior Pastor Marty Baker came walking in and just said tragedy had happened. He called us into the conference room. We prayed together. And he told us to go home and love on our families. And it was just that moment. Like we felt like for a, a, you know, a brief couple months or maybe a year, we felt what the rest of the world feels like all the time with the insecurities and uncertainties of what was going to happen. And there's all kinds of things we remember. I remember, I remember the you know the fifty million dollar deficit that it was going to push us in just for the damage and the um, uh, three hundred thousand jobs that were lost because of that moment. Twenty eight hundred people lost their lives. The biggest, the biggest you know killing murder on our soil um, that's happened outside of a war. And so it was, it was, it was you know, it was, it was a remembrance of you know, reminded me of what was going on then. And then I was thinking about just the, the way the, the newscast uh, handled it. Now, you remember, maybe you remember this phrase, it was America under attack. That was one of the big ones, America under attack. And then another one was America under siege. But something happened. There was a transition um, that happened probably Thursday. So this all happens on Tuesday, Thursday. And I think it was Fox News that put it out. And I'm not, this is not a political statement. It was just something Fox News put out. And they put out this, and this phrase was, it was just, it was powerful. It reminds me, it was like, America unites. And it's like, wow, like America unites. And I don't know if you remember this, a couple days later uh, up in New York City, um, there was a baseball game and it was the New York Mets. Mike Piazza was the, the captain. He was the face of New York City and they were playing the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves ended up losing that game. Mike Piazza late in the game hit a two-run home run that won the game for him. But it was, I remember because they all had the, the fire department hats and the police department. They were remembering all the, you know, the search and rescue teams and all that kind of stuff. But it felt like for some strange reason, maybe for the very first time, at least in my lifetime, that we were united. And I remember, do y'all remember like flags were popping up all over the place and it wasn't black and white or Republican or Democrat or, you know, whatever else you want to put into it. It was none of that. All of a sudden, we were all, we were all Americans, we didn't care what branch of the service where we were all Americans. Like we were on the same team. And then there's today, which feels like just the opposite, doesn't it? There's more chasms and breakdowns in our society and our systems now than ever. And literally racial divides, spiritual divides, social economic divides. We're just divided in our country. And I think about it all the time. What, what happened? What, what was so? Because in that moment, we had a common enemy, right? We had a common enemy. Whoever that enemy, that terrorist was, we had a common, we had a common heart and we had a common purpose. But there was such breakdown in the last 21 years. What happened? And I'm going to tell you, it's even in the church. Even in the church, there's chasm. Even in the church, there's breakdowns. I shared a story before. A couple years ago, I was in academy sports. And I was in there because I was going to buy something that went pow-pow. If that offends you, you may not want to hang out here very long. 
But I bought something, went pow pow. I was looking in the, and this kid walks up to me, young kid, out my old, you know, 50, in my 50s, and he's probably in his 20s. And he starts telling me about Jesus. And I'm telling you, he was telling me about Jesus. Like he was throwing it down, Patrick. Like you'd have been, if he was one of your students, you'd have been proud of him. And he's telling me about Romans Road and how I'm a sinner and there's a chasm between God and man. And he's going through navigators and he's going through the you know, everything. And all of a sudden I get to the point, I'm like, dude, I got to let you off the hook. I'm a believer. I believe in Jesus Christ. But it was the first time anybody's ever shared the gospel with me, like outside of the person that shared it with me back in high school, like it's the first time, which was really sad, by the way, that nobody's ever, in all the years that I've been, nobody's ever shared the gospel. And so, so all of a sudden he's going through all this stuff and I said, like, man, man, it's okay. I'm a believer in Jesus. We're good. And he goes, okay, let me tell you about my church. And then right away he goes like, it was like relentless and it was like, like, like all of a sudden he's like, we have the best church in the world and we have the best student ministry in the world. And we have the best children's ministry in the world and our music is amazing. And I'm telling you, we have the best pastor in this city. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you had me up into those other parts, but... And I'm sitting there and I was like, okay, man, I got to let you off the hook because I got, I am really involved with the church that I go to. <laughs> like I'm really, I'm really involved. Like I'm there every Sunday. I'm there a couple times a week. Like I, I go, I go, I'm like, I, I, I'm committed to my church. And, and he goes, I thought that's great. But you know, you hear about my church. I'm like, well, like chill. I go to a church already. He goes, what church is that? And I said, Journey Community Church. And he goes, oh, what do you mean? Oh, well, slap the O out of your feet. I didn't say that. Filter. He goes, oh, my pastor says that your pastor doesn't preach the gospel. And I said, you tell your pastor that my pastor can take him anytime I didn't say that, but I thought it. <laughs> then it dawned on me. Churches are just like our kids. Anybody go on a vacation this summer? Disney World, Six Flags, Carowinds. You're not even out of the driveway and they're arguing, aren't they? Anybody else? Just, just my kids, right? I mean, as soon as they get out of the car, stop touching me. Stop t- or or we're gonna we're gonna listen to this style of music and this one likes rap and this one likes you know, likes easy this one likes over here or, or 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 maybe it's like we're gonna watch we're gonna watch the TV we're gonna watch Princess Diaries or we're gonna watch it and all of a sudden you're ready to do, and I t- I've said it before I was like don't you make me pull this car over don't you make me I'll come back there anybody else ever said that come on be honest how many people want to say that and, and it dawned on me it's it, it's that's the church. Don't hear me know this. That's the church. We argue about styles of worship, what music we're going to listen to, what we're going to dress like, whether we're going to use technology or we're not going to use technology. Is the pastor going to wear jeans or is he going to wear a suit? Are we going to do hymns or are we going to do like, you know, or like even in, even in other, like even contemporary circles, we can't even get along anymore. Like, like, are we, like Maverick City and Bethel and like, what? I'm thumbing through Facebook yesterday. And I have never been so discouraged in my life with a Facebook. And that was the moment I just almost went, you know something, forget this all. And a lady was putting on there. She goes, I'm in need of spiritual healing. And I don't want to go to a big church. Can you recommend a church that we can go to? And she puts this on a thread, which is an automatic license for everybody to slam every other church in the city. And then she says this, and it can't be Stevens Creek. 
It can't be Warren Baptist Church. It can't be Abilene and it can't be Journey. I'm like, you are dead. <laughs> and you know what happened right after that? Everybody started putting, yeah, I wouldn't go there either. I wouldn't do this and come to my church. My church is the best. And I'm like, y'all, we have lost what church is about. Do y'all remember last week we were reading, we started with the, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today in Matthew chapter 6, 10, there's that last part of that phrase that I really want to key in on as we kind of continue with this series. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I was thinking about what is that? Because I'll guarantee you what's going on in earth is not what's going on in heaven. I don't think there's a lot of racial tension in heaven. I don't think there's a lot of tension about what denomination is the best or what style of song we should sing or how we should dress at church. I don't think any of that's happening in heaven. As a matter of fact, when I read the book of Ephesians, Paul writes it like this. He says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one spirit. Did y'all catch that? There's one body. There's not chasms in the body of Christ. There's one body and one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Do you catch the sense of unity right there, the sense of oneness? Then how did we get to where we're at right now? Because there was a moment where church was really good, and then humans got involved in it. There's, there's a prayer that I want us to look at today. It's John 17, verse 20. This is a prayer that Jesus prays. He says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who ever believe in me through their message. Now watch, watch verse 21. I pray, this is Jesus saying this now. I pray that they will all be what? That's Jesus' prayer. Just as you and I are one, you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us so that the world will believe who sent me. There's a byproduct of this oneness. Did you just catch that? The byproduct is there's great unity and there's, the, the world will see who Jesus is. And this says, I've given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you're loved. You love them as much as I love you. Now, here's what I want us all get today. If you don't hear anything else, just hear this one thing. Everybody in this room at some point, I think there's a famous singer that just wrote a song. I think it's Aaron Lewis wrote a song like everybody talks to God or talk to God or something like that. Everybody in this room it's at different times of your life, you've talked to God. Now, whether he's answered you or he's answered the way you want, we all talk about, we've asked God to bless this marriage, bless this thing here, heal my life. You know, we've all done that. But what would happen instead of us today asking God about a prayer? What if we became the answer to Jesus's prayer? What, what if we actually answered Jesus' prayer? We said, Father, make them one. What would that look like in a world we live in? If as Jesus is praying this, we are the byproduct and we are the answer to the prayer that he wants the world to gather together in oneness so he can change it, so they can see Jesus in a real way. I said church was at its best. I want you to think about today's church. Are we doing a good job? I was watching a video yesterday. It was a man on the street. And the man on the street was being asked, or was asking questions about the church. And it sickened me to hear the answers that unchurched people think of the church. They think it's just a social place. It's a place where it's all about do's and don'ts. It's about, it's about a place where they feel condemned and not loved. And I'm going to say something, and this may hurt some feelings. And if I do, you have been well offended today, by the way. 
The world knows everything that the church is against. They know we're against this thing and this thing and this thing and Disney and this and that and all that. What if the world knew what we were for? What if for the very first time, this generation, our generation, changed the perspective of the church to the world and we let them know that we are for them, we are for unity, we are for being restored, we're for you know, all the things that the church should be for. What would happen? What would that look like? Because the church at its best in Acts chapter 2, it says on the day of Pentecost, all the believers, we just sang a song about it. We're meeting together in one place. That's important. They were all together in one place. They weren't arguing about denomination. They weren't arguing about what style of worship they were going to do. They were all together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and mighty a windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Now, pause right there because even in this passage I'm using right there, this is one of the greatest chasms in the church. What happens in this? The day of Pentecost is when the Holy Spirit falls on them. The Bible says there's tongues of fire and they were speaking in different languages. And the Bible says that everybody heard them in a different language. It wasn't just Babel. It was something that they understood. It was a sign. And here's what's the last two, you know, 2,000 years. This is what happens. And what's happened is we've been chasing after a sign. We're chasing everybody. Oh, I want to, you know, or you don't. The baptismal spirit with evidence speaking in tongues. I'm tired of chasing after signs. I need to chase after the Jesus that gave that sign. Somebody say yes to that. I'm going to chase Acts 1.8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, uh, Jerusalem, the ends of the earth. It doesn't say right there in Acts chapter 1-8 that you'll receive, you'll receive the, the gift of your tongues or some sign. It says you'll receive the power of God. I'm telling you, I need the power of God in my life more than I need a sign of God in my life. What would happen if we... We did that because it was the church at its best. In Acts chapter 1-8 and Acts chapter 2, we see amazing things happen. What, 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 what could happen? Well, let's just think about this for a second. What would it take to unify the believers around the world? I'm not just talking about in Journey or in Evans or Augusta. What would it take to unify believers in the entire world? And here's one of the things I think it would take. And this is what would happen. What if, what if we realized we're fighting one common enemy? We're not fighting each other. Recognizing that we have a spiritual enemy unifies us. Similarly, I believe this, realizing that our enemy or who our enemy is also unifies us. Recognizing who that enemy is. Look, can I tell you who our enemy is? Our enemy is not Bill Hilly at Grace Baptist Church. Oh, y'all better say amen. amen. I'll open them doors up and we'll start throwing them out, Patrick, me and you. <laughs> me and you. And I'll get Daryl to help us too. 1116, Jerry Atkins, he is not the enemy. Warren Baptist Church is not our enemy. Stevens Creek and Marty Baker is not our enemy. New Passion over there with Nick Carnes is not our enemy. See, the Bible is very clear that we have one enemy and we got to look at this adversary with keen eyes. But you know what the enemy does? He, he masquerades, the Bible says, an angel of light. And he also disguises things. And he also points direction along, and he's trying to seek, kill, and destroy. Listen, his name is Lucifer. His name is Satan. He's the prince of darkness. He's the evil one. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a destroyer. And he, wa he, he wants to bring division in the church. That's what he's trying to accomplish. John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose is to steal and to kill and to destroy. That's your family. That's my family. That's your marriage. That's my marriage. That's your kids. 
That's your career. That's your reputation. That's everything about you. And it's the church. He wants to seek, kill, and destroy the church. And then Jesus says this, my purpose is to give them, us, rich and a satisfying life. But the enemy is trying to do the opposite. This is what 1 Peter says. He says, stay alert. You know what part of our problem as the church is? We've fallen asleep. Yes. You hear me? In the Old Testament, one of the prophets says, Awake, O Israel, shake off your slumber. I think the church right now is a sleeping giant. We have not stayed alert. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers, your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. We need a common enemy. What made us strong back 21 years ago was a common enemy, wasn't it? What if we looked at that again that way? Here's another thing. What if we were unified and had one heart? We had one heart. You notice I didn't say one style of worship? I didn't say that. You also notice I didn't say one philosophy of how to do church. I think there's great... I think there's great strength in our diversity. Listen, listen, if you don't want to know the truth, not everybody wants to come to Journey. I don't know why. <laughs> hey, by the way, push pause for a second. It's pretty packed in this room today, isn't it? And you know what I watched today? I watched people have to leave this auditorium and go sit somewhere else. And I sent an email out this past week with a video. I think it's on our social media stuff about, would you pray? Would you pray? Would you pray about moving to another service? And I know you love this service and you feel comfortable, but nine o'clock's not that bad. <laughs> and you can still beat all the Baptists to Monterey's. <laughs> and if you come at 12 o'clock, you can go to any restaurant you want because nobody's there because they're all at church. And you can have brunch. I don't know what brunch is, but it sounds cool. I think it's breakfast and brunch or lunch. Hear me on this. I'm seeing something, and if you have eyes on the body of Christ right now. There is a resurgence in church. I don't care what everybody's saying. We're watching record numbers of people come to church and come to Two Monday nights ago, we baptized. We had 10 baptisms. We were supposed to do 10, is that right? And we ended up doing 16 or 17 or 18 baptisms. It was crazy. Like I turned around, I was like, this is chaos. In Jesus' name. I think there's great strength in our diversity. Acts chapter four, verse 32 says, all the believers were united in heart and mind and they all felt what they, they owned was not of their own. It was not their own. They shared, this is the common thread. And so they shared everything they had and the apostles testified powerfully of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing upon all of them. Watch their, verse 34. There were no needy people among them. Wow. There was no needy people among them because they who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those who need. There was a common Heart. It was a common reason that they were getting together. Well, what would happen? I think, Pat, you said it up front. Believers. What if we as believers, we actually believed the Bible? What, what, what if we actually said, you know something? Like, I, I'm going to be what the Bible says, and I'm going to practice extravagant generosity in the world that I live in. How would, the, how would the world change? What would it look like to you? Do you feel like for a second that the world would go, hey, that's a different church. Hey, that's something different. I would actually like to go to that church. Like they seem like they got some things like they actually, they actually like each other. <laughs> right? Like they're not arguing. They, 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 they pull their stuff together and there's this person over here. Like, 
Last week, I get um, Tina Seidner works with us, and she's worked with discipleship, and she called me in her office, and she said, Pastor Bobby, I got a question for you. I said, what, what's up? She goes, I got this person on the phone. I said, what's the need? And they said, what's it, it's a need. And, and she may be here today, and I'm not saying this to embarrass her, and it's not, this is not Pat Journey on the back. This is just like, I want to see this happen all the time. And, and so we, we, she, needed, she needed some help. Anybody else in this room ever just need a little help? Right? Nothing, nothing to be ashamed of, right? There's no shame in that. You just need some help. So she needed a little bit of help. And, and she told her, she told the girl, Tina told the girl, so Pastor Bobby said that, that we're going to take care of all of it. And the only thing he asked was like, hey, come one Sunday and just meet him. And it was interesting because last week she was walking down the aisle and I could tell she was, I must be intimidating or something. Because she was shaking. It was the Holy Ghost, I know. But she, she come walking up and she's like, Pastor Bobby, I just want to say thank you. And I'm like, there's no thanks needed. That's what the church should be doing. That's what, not for our glory, not for journeys, Jay, to be lifted up, but for Jesus to be left up in the community we live in. And so what would happen if we practiced extravagant? We had one goal, we had one objective, we had one thing that we were doing well together. John 13, 34, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Oh my goodness, this is the new, here's the new commandment, love each other. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that they are my disciples. Psalms 133, verse 1, one of my favorite passages of Scripture, and I used to read this differently all the time. How wonderful and pleasant it is when, 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 when brothers live together in harmony. And I used to say this, how rare it is for brothers to live in harmony. How, how in, infrequent it is, because in the world of church, that just doesn't happen, does it? But we can change it. And we can change this by doing one more thing. What if we were unified in one purpose. See, sadly, many of us have come to this church, and as Patrick said earlier, I just said it a second ago, we're believers. But you know something's happened? We've brought into church with us a consumer mindset, like it's about what I can get out of it. What can I get out of church? Did they play? We even call them church, they're church shopping now. They're church shop. We're going to go church shopping like we go to Walmart or Target. We're going to church shop and we're going to decide, okay, that church has the style of music I want and they got a preacher that I like and, they're and we church shop. Do you, you want to know a huge truth? The church is not for you. When's the last time? What, honest question. I, I've heard people, like they never say it leaving journey. I didn't get anything out of church today. I, I have never heard that in journey. But you know what a better question or a better statement would be? Hey, Jesus, did you get anything out of church today? Did you get anything? When I was lifting your name up, when I was being led by Justin and the team, did you get anything out? I know I was a little distracted. I was thinking about my checking account. I was thinking about where we're going to go to lunch and my golf game later on the day or who's coming or if the Browns are going to beat Carolina Panthers or if Atlanta Falcons will ever win a game. You were thinking about all those things. Jesus, did you get anything out of my worship today? Were you lifted up in the world that I live in? Were you honored with the things that I said? Was, that, was the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart acceptable and pleasing to you, God? That's a question we should be asking. That's a question we should be asking. See, Jesus declared the church's purpose. The very word church is a word ekklesia. It means ek, ek, which means, means out. 
and klesia, which is actually the word kaleo, which means called one. So what you have there is called out once. And that's what he does in Matthew chapter 28. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the purpose of the church. Let me, let me explain a little. How many people like fishing? Raise your hand. Now, I, I'm going to rephrase. How many people like catching? <laughs> See, most of you like the catching portion of it, but you don't like the... But you know there's another aspect to fishing? It's cleaning. Everybody... We like the fishing part. We like telling people about Jesus every once in a while. We like coming to church and lifting his name up, and we like doing this. But discipleship is cleaning fish, too. You're casting your stuff, you're casting your stuff, and then you catch one, you bring them in, you disciple, you walk through, you go to access groups with them, you invite them to your small group. You have coffee with them. You do life. That's the purpose of the church. There's a movie that was out several years ago. I was actually reminded I was watching, and, and please don't judge me, but I was watching a, a movie a show called Ted Lasso. And it's a soccer movie about England, and he becomes a coach. He's a football coach. But it reminded me of a movie called The Goal. And there's this star in the show. He's the best soccer player that, you know, the world's ever seen, and he's in. But he won't pass the ball to anybody. And he won't, he, won't, he won't take it. Like, he takes shots all the time. Like, he'd be midfield taking a shot. And the coach benches him. So you sit right there. Because you, you can't do this without me. I'm the star. And there's a line in this thing that just makes me think about our church, makes me think about the church. He said, you're playing for the name on the back of the jersey when you should be playing for the team or the name on the front of the jersey. And that's the church. We're not playing for Journey Community Church. We're not playing for Wesley. We're not playing for Abilene. We're, we're, not, we're not playing playing for Holy Ghost Temple of Praise Zion and Shepherd and the Rod of Apostolic Ministries of the Church of God in Christ Jesus and the Holy Baptist Temple of Praise. We're not playing. That's a lot to get on the back of a shirt, by the way. We're playing for the name on the front of the shirt. Jesus. That's who we're playing for. And what would happen if the world just stopped hearing about Jesus and they started seeing Jesus in the church. That we weren't just a bunch of talking heads, there was actions behind everything we did. I'll, I'll tell you what will happen. By Monday, if we committed as the church in the world, if we committed to this by, by tomorrow, at some point tomorrow, starvation around the world would be, uh, be eliminated. There would be no more. Because we would unify. As a matter of fact, we would stop depending on government to do this, and it would be the church's responsibility, like it was supposed to be the church's responsibility, to take care of homeless people and take care of people that are lost in the world. Amen. I don't know why we get, get mad at the government. It wasn't their, They weren't designed for that. If you go back to Acts chapter 2, we're actually going to talk about it in a couple weeks, and we're going to do a whole series on Acts chapter 2. The whole idea of the church is everybody brought their stuff together and there was nobody that had any needs. Wow. How about this? On Tuesday, every person could have access to clean drinking water in the whole entire world if the church unified. 
if we played for the name on the front of the shirt. By Wednesday, everyone that had a medical need could receive proper medical attention if we played for the name on the front. By Thursday, racism could be eradicated if we played for the name on the front of the shirt and not the name on the back of the shirt. Somebody should say amen to that. By Friday, every orphan, every orphan could receive proper, proper medical attention. And by Saturday, the whole world could know the name of Jesus. And let's get to Sunday. Do you know what next Sunday morning would be like at churches all across the world? If we were in unity together, it would change. We're having a problem now. We'd have bigger problems because people would be flocking to this page. The Bible says when we lift Jesus's name up, he draws, he draws all them. When you walked in, I want to do something a little different today. When you walked in, you were given communion stuff. There's a bread uh, wafer in there that reminds us of the broken body, and there's uh, grape juice in there that reminds us of the spilt blood. But I want to do something a little different today because I feel like all of us today are going to respond differently. And at whatever point you feel like you need to take that. But I am going to ask a question through prayer because we're going to pray one prayer together today. Like you want to be on that team? You want to be part of that team that says, you know something, we're going to unify together. We're going to, we're going to go forward together. And maybe it's that point right there. Or maybe it's a moment in time where you've realized that you've fallen short in that area. Like you have not. Like you have been contented. You've allowed selfishness and arrogance. And maybe, maybe even through today's message, God's been kind of tapping you on the shoulder a little bit. At whatever point, we want you to respond. Some of you may want to respond by coming up for prayer. Some of you may want to respond by going out the doors and walking and getting to your cars and just contemplating. Or maybe writing your prayers out on the walls that way. But whatever way you want to respond, we just want to provide opportunity for that right now. I've already had several people. Pastor Bobby, we want to pray up front every, every service during the 930. We're going to pray for people up front. So if you have, maybe it has nothing to do with today's message, but it just has to do with what God's doing in your life and you need prayer. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a restoration, whatever it is. Would you do me a favor? Let's stand up together. At whatever point did you want to take your elements, your communion elements, go ahead and do it. Father, would you make us the answer to your prayer. We want to be united. If there's any bit of, of, of maybe spiritual pride in our hearts about our ministry here at Journey, let us, move, let us move away from that, God. If there's any hatred or animosity against other churches, denominations who truly believe in Jesus Christ, we right now ask for forgiveness. If there's unforgiveness in our hearts, maybe against other believers, or if there's a spirit of selfishness, I dare, I double-dog dare you today to confess that before God right now, right in this moment. Father, my prayer is to, that you would make us one. If you want that to be your prayer right now, would you lift your hands up? If you want that to be your prayer too, come on, all, all over the place. Yes, God, that's my response. Now, Father, as your church, make us the church, make us unified. God, forgive us when we have competitive hearts. God, forgive us when we're overly critical. God, make us, fill us so we're, we're so full of your love that the world around us would say, I want to be a part of that. God, may we be the generation that unifies around the love of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. God, I take the bread right now personally as a reminder of what you did for me and what you want to do for the world. And I take this juice right now as a reminder that just as I have focused sometimes on other people's sins that 
I need to focus on my sins and the fact, forget, for, the fact that you forgave everyone, forgave everyone of my sins. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for listening today. If you need prayer or want to talk to someone about taking your next step, email us at nextsteps at journeycommunity.net.